Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. What is up, everybody, here in Mobile for day two reactions at the Senior Bowl. I'm down here, Mobile. Ryan is up in New Jersey, but we still have had plenty of time to take a look at the tape, get some thoughts, share some guys that are moving the needle after two days. So we've had a little bit more time than just the one practice to evaluate some of these players. But Ryan, I think that the highest impact player on day two was the rain, which significantly impacted Some of these guys, especially the national team in the first practice, it was a downpour. I can tell you that that was not fun. Almost completely ruined my shoes from standing there and trying to get under some cover. Um, But a lot of these quarterbacks, a lot of these receivers, some drops, some bad throws. It cleared up a little bit for that second practice. I'm curious, Ryan, before we get into these players, how much do you think that's evaluation? Do you think it had been a good thing for some of these players show off what they can do in the rain? Or, or do you think it's a bit of a wash because it ruins the ability to see what these guys look like without those added um, external factors? Well, I mean, it hurts the evaluation sometimes. I think the one thing, though, that is, I mean, obvious, right, is that they're all playing on the same field, so they're all going through the same conditions. For quarterbacks specifically, because I know we're going to get into a little bit of a quarterback talk, it's tough sometimes, man, because like there's a layer that you're definitely like, I want to see how the quarterback does in conditions, working through weather, blah, blah, blah. And that conversation has, I mean, has value for sure. But then there's also, you know, it's just, it's not the perfect ability to see a quarterback truly grip and rip and do all that type of stuff. So I think it does hurt, obviously, the ability. But I think more than anything, NFL value bears are just seeing how guys want to compete through the elements and all that kind of like mental side of the game and the toughness, I think is more the indicator. I don't think that there's going to be any reps. There's going to be some reps where you're going to see guys slip in. There's going to be some reps where you see the football just coming out a little weird of a hand of a quarterback. Like it's not going to be a perfect evaluation, but I think there's more the, there's more to the evaluation than just what you see on the field. Sometimes it's how guys react, it's how they get through the elements, that type mm-hmm. of conversation. Yeah, and admittedly getting to see the practice from the stands, you could notice some guys that were frustrated, and then you see those players that maybe are more used to elements like this playing in some more difficult conditions throughout their college careers that when they're dealing with this stuff, they just get up, bounce back, and they get up to the next rep. But there's some other dudes who might be kind of lagging a little bit, might be a little bit you know, frustrated because they don't want to be out there in the rain. And you can certainly figure out who are some of the more mentally tough players based on how they handle those uh, conditions. So we already kind of led into talking about how this impacted the quarterbacks. And Mm -hmm. seeing these guys in person, a lot of mistakes, a lot of errors from a number of them, and it's kind of tough to really figure out who who had the best day because of the rain and the wind that they were dealing with. But there was some serious buzz about Liberty quarterback Malik Willis showing improvements after the first day where he was all over the place. He was inconsistent, but had some really, really nice throws. And he Mm -hmm. looked a little bit better on day two. Yeah, no, he did. I I felt like for the most part, the quarterbacks in general just 
it was, I don't think anybody really took a huge step forward besides for Malik Willis. Everyone was just kind of, you know, there was some ball placement issues. There were some guys airmailing throws. The, the weather definitely had a factor into the quarterback position, but I felt like Malik was the one that really seemed to settle in. He got more comfortable. Like you said, the first day you saw the ability shine through as you always will with Malik Willis on film, but then you saw the inconsistencies. You saw couple bad decisions. You saw sporadic accuracy. Day two was a lot more consistent. And I remember our last show that we had on with Alex last week, we talked a little bit about the fact that Malik Willis is a guy where first day might not be a good indicator, but the real, the real, um, the real success of the week is going to be determined by how does he improve on day two? How does he improve on day three? He's a guy that it, the improvements are going to kind of show more than the early struggles for a guy like him. And kudos to Malik Willis. He firmly put himself into the conversation as best quarterback of the week because he is now coming off of day two. He was the most imp- impressive quarterback on the second day of the Senior Bowl. And they're going to be working inside today for day three, so there's not going to be any added elements Sadly, media won't have availability, but we will be able to look at the film afterwards. I know, a bit disappointing. Uh, One guy, though, that has really, really been buzzing this week Mm -hmm. after the first and second day in one-on-ones, he is kicking everybody's ass, it feels like, that being Jermaine Johnson, the Florida State defensive end. There are a a number of plays in these one-on-ones where he's putting dudes on their butt, which is very rare to see going up against some offensive tackles that are of some pretty quality, uh, you know, have some pretty quality traits or some decent players. And he makes mm-hmm. them look like they're walk-ons that have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Now, Jermaine's been awesome, man. I mean, very easily. I mean, not very easily because I think Zion Johnson's had a really nice week from Boston College. And we're going to talk about another, a couple of the other defensive linemen that I feel like had, you know, have had impressive first couple of days. But Jermaine Johnson, by all accounts, in my opinion, has been the best and most impressive player at the senior ball so far. And I think that there's a great conversation piece because we know about. Kayvon Thibodeau in this class from Oregon. We know about Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. We know about David Ajabo from Michigan. We know about George Karloftis. Who's the first? Uh, who's the first guy after those assumed, you know, uh, junior edges that is going to be off the board? I think that Jermaine Johnson could make a push, not even only to be that guy, maybe the fourth or fifth guy off the board, but he might challenge as the third guy. Like it's possible with the week that he's had, because let's not forget that this kid is also six four plus, two hundred sixty pounds, good athlete, good length, and he is dominated. I mean, you be hard pressed, and I honestly can't remember one, recall one where I would say Jermaine Johnson lost a rep. He's been fantastic winning inside, winning out, winning with power, winning on the outside track, winning with hand nuance. Like He's just kind of checked every single box, and he showed that he has variety as a rusher to win in multitude of ways. Now, this guy has had a little bit less variety, but still has looked really good in these one-on-ones. We mentioned him on yesterday's Day 1 reactions. Travis Jones from UConn. And he's not necessarily winning every single rep, but the one thing that really pops from Jones is the strength that he has. He's been going very heavy with that bull rush that he loves to do, and he is just driving guys back. And that power is going to be very exciting for some teams that need an interior rusher. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and I know you're obviously a New York Giants fan, uh, Joe, but I would say Dexter Lawrence is a little bit of a shade of of who he kind of reminds yeah. me of. He is a large man at 326 pounds, 6'4 plus, 34 plus inch arms, has played at the nose mostly for UConn, but I think he could play out to a one, four, four eye. I, 
I mean, he's got the length to do that in both an even and odd front. So I really do like the variety he has. And like you said, I think there's a little bit of a quick, more quick twitch than you would expect for a guy like Travis Jones. But at the end of the day, man, this dude is a power plug. Like he can create some insane power. And I think that we've already talked about it a couple times, right? Like everyone's assuming Jordan Davis could be a first round top 20 pick. If my conversation is, hey, Jordan Davis in the top 20, or I can get Travis Jones in the second round, I think I'm taking Travis Jones because I think the value is about the same for those types of players. So Travis Jones has had a great week, probably the best defensive tackle, either him or um, or the kid from Georgia, Devontae White. I feel like it's had a really nice week. Perrion Winfrey, I know we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but Travis Jones may be the best defensive tackle in attendance right now. There might not be as much to bet on right now because we don't have football going on. All we have is the Super Bowl, and I know you can't bet on the Senior Bowl, but you can still make some of these other sports interesting like basketball, like hockey. I know that I have to do that to make it a little bit more exciting for me because it's just not the same as football. With the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website for Bet Online for you to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, I have to tell you folks about Masterworks. What I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing, too. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like a goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing investments in art from icons, like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. And even greater art prices outpace the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 and 2021. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR 2021 and 2020 from the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like a goat. Get priority access with this game day promo. Go to masterworks.com dot art slash believe that's masterworks.art slash believe see important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer lastly what's more important than peace of mind nothing and that's what nordvpn is here for to give you peace of mind while you are online and with all of the threats that you face today on the internet it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best vpn you can get NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you can never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to NordVPN dot com slash believe or use code BLEAV that's BLEAV to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also it's also risk free with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. And flipping on to the other side of the football to a running back, Damian Pierce from Florida. He had a, a you know a lot of attention coming his way from day two and we and we saw some nice runs from him working really well in the conditions that were out there. What did you see from Pierce? Well, it's frustrating, man, because I think everybody has kind of the same opinion. It's like 
we saw Damian Pierce on film and you're like, man, he's talented, right? Like, why is Florida not giving him the football more? He had like a, around 100 carries in each of the last two seasons. It's just kind of like, what is the issue there? And then you see it in this in this environment, in an all-star setting, it's hard for running backs to really kind of pop off the tape, right? Like It's hard for guys to really separate themselves, in my opinion. But his pass blocking, his ability to catch the football solidly, and the burst that he has for a 220-plus pound guy, there's a lot of power. He's one of those guys... I kind of highlighted Keontae Ingram out of USC as I kind of think like that day three sleeper who might surprise. If Damian Pierce makes it to day three, then he's a starting caliber running back on day three immediately. Mm. But I do think that he could push into a day two conversation because he's one of those guys that just checks every box. I think he's going to have some explosive testing with the with the acceleration and the, and the short area burst that he has. So he's, in my opinion, he's been the best running back all week. And he's just, again all-around skill sets that I think a lot of teams are really going to value. There's a really underrated group of wide receivers that are here in Mobile, and you keep hearing buzz from a number of different guys, but the one who has consistently been winning a lot of his reps is Memphis receiver Calvin Austin. He's making some of these DBs look pretty silly in some of these plays, and you wanted to bring him up again. And what are some of the maybe the progressions that you've seen from day one to day two? I think the release package has been a lot better than I expected. You know, when you have a smaller guy like he is, 5'7 and a half, 174 pounds, you would expect guys are going to be able to get into his chest. They're going to get up on him and press, and it's going to kind of be a long day at the line of scrimmage. I think that he's kind of had a variety of releases to get off the line of scrimmage, and he hasn't really been stalled at the, at the line of scrimmage at all in press. And then you see, like, I mean, again, deep speed. He Nobody can run with him one-on-one. Like, they just can't. He's a guy that literally you need to roll cover over top and unfortunately in one-on-one situations there is nobody over top right so explosiveness playmaking ability and i think a little more a little more nuance at the line of scrimmage than i would expect for a guy that's a little bit smaller and i mean honestly he's just been uncoverable because the problem with a guy like calvin austin is when you can blow past guys like he can then i mean we're talking about you know easy you know easy hitches and easy comebacks and and things that are just I mean, you're going to set guys up. He kind of reminds me a little bit, and this isn't a perfect comparison to like a Brandon Cooks that's been a mm. perennial thousand-yard receiver in the NFL level, has dealt with some injuries, and he's kind of that, that similar mold. He's very small but explosive, and he can eat up um, underneath targets as well because you're just so worried about that deep speed. So I, I think that Calvin Austin has just been a, a headache for defensive backs to cover because there's just not a lot of guys that can counteract that type of speed. So we mentioned Trevor Penning on mm-hmm. – day one and how he uh, underwhelmed a little bit because of the increased hype, the uh, overhype, if you will, that he was supposed to be this top 10 pick. And it kind of came back down to earth who he was on day one, but he started to show some signs of improvement a little bit. What did you get from Trevor Penning, who still isn't flashing, but looked a little bit better in the second day? Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was head and shoulders better than the first day. Like I was just, I was not enthralled and excited about what he put on film in day one. To be honest, I mean, again, we highlighted that play where he kind of threw the defender into Desmond Ritter's um, legs on that bad set. But like, it, it also in one on ones, I feel like he was just oversetting a little bit. He was letting up some inside moves. Like nothing. It just wasn't finishing, in my opinion, in one on one pass pro. I thought it was a lot better day two, and I liked that, that even when he's. 
you know, kind of struggling a little bit and not having the greatest reps. He's showing the chippiness and he's showing this physicality to him that I really like in an offensive lineman because he's a competitive guy, right? Like even when he's maybe isn't having perfect reps, he's still competing with guys and he's still showing that nastiness to his game. So I thought Trevor Penning took a nice step in the, in the right direction. Hopefully he translates that into a, a nice final third day here and we get into that game and he ends the week off well because we saw that again with Spencer Brown last week, last year, right? Like Spencer Brown had a bad first day and he's just improving each and every day. And I felt like there was big improvements from Penning's first day to his second day. So I wanted to bring up more of a negative here. We've been talking a lot of positives and we Mr. Were negative, Mr. Yeah, negative. Jeremy <laughs> Well, I had to acknowledge this because we were talking tackles beforehand and we agreed that it would make sense to bring up Daniel yep. Flele, as we know, is a physical freak and he's massive. He's got, you know, very, very good athletic traits for a guy that big. But the one thing that we were discussing that really stands out is that he might be a bit too heavy for his frame. He's listed at mm -hmm. like 380 and you see a guy that is really struggling to bend. He can't sink into his hips. That's a bit of a problem for us. And th that has yeah. led to some inconsistency in some of these one-on-one -on -one reps. And that was the one thing that we had to acknowledge here is that Falele, while there's some tackles who look good, and we're talking mm -hmm. about Penning showing improvement, Falele is kind of showing out that he needs to drop some weight. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were excited going into the season because he had played uh, early in his career near 400 pounds and it was down to like 379 during the season or so, 370 something. And then he shows up here 387, right? So like he's back near the 390 mark. And there's just, there's no reason for him to be this heavy, to be honest with you. Like right. it's not, it's not necessarily bad weight. Like he's just a, gi a gigantic guy, right? Like he's just thick everywhere. But I would really like him to see get, get down to the 360, 370 mark because I think that it's really affecting his flexibility. And you mentioned the ability to sink in his hips to be able to counteract some of these guys that are bendy edge rushers, but then also the redirection in space. I feel like he's a guy that is going to overset a ton because just, you know, he's his body just is not built to quit that quick twitch to it. And then he's going to give up some inside tracks. So he's a guy that has tools. People are still going to clamor for those tools. He's probably still going to go top 50 because he has that type of skill set. The problem is that this just has not been the week so far that you want it to be because there are just some limitations, I think, with the size that he's at right now. Flipping things back to some of the positive players, we've got two more. Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma had a really mm -hmm. nice day stopping the run. He had some really, really strong pressures where he was able to sneak past offensive linemen. What did you catch from Winfrey on the second day? Well, I want to throw Devontae Wyatt into this conversation, too, because mm -hmm. both interior defensive linemen. So Perry yeah. Winfrey out of Oklahoma, Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia, relatively, I think, in the same ballpark as far as their size measurables, if I remember the weigh-ins correctly. And Winfrey, I thought, was a little up and down day one, but day two, I felt like you really saw the athleticism. And he, I mean, he can really bend a track for a guy that's an interior player like he can win out an outside shoulder and then he has some flexibility and he has some bend to him and he is a guy that's a gifted athlete and everybody's known that he's a gifted athlete he was once a juco uh, the number one juco recruits um at one point coming to oklahoma so everybody knew knows the type of talent that he has i feel like he was misused a little bit in oklahoma but then also there was just sometimes where he disappeared a little bit but you saw the athleticism is easy to find with a guy like a Perry and Winfrey, mm -hmm. a scheme diverse player. I think that he's, I mean, he's a, he's a prototype three tech attack style defense at the next level, in my opinion. And then similarly, Devonte Wyatt was a very underrated football player for 
um, for Georgia this year because there were so many dudes. Like when you talk about Jordan Davis, I would argue that Devontae White might be able to have more of an impact at the next level on a snap to snap basis because he has some some quickness and some nuance as a pass rusher and he is a guy that has been almost unblockable throughout the week whether it's in team drills in the run game whether it's in one-on-one pass pro Devontae White and Perry Winfrey both I think have made themselves a lot of money on the interior defense line in a class that honestly Joe really does lack true true impact players because right now we're talking about guys like hey the Marvin Leal from Texas A&M played a lot on the edge is he going to move inside he could be that guy Jordan Davis doesn't really give you much against the pass and then he's also a low snap total type of guy Perry Winfrey and Devontae White could be guys that could be risers in the interior defensive line class so last up Ryan there are a lot of tight ends here in Mobile with recognizable names guys that come from big programs that have uh, some level of notoriety to them, but it's not necessarily an elite group. And Trey no. McBride is pushing out a little bit and, and proving himself after the second day. We know that he does have some physical flexibility limitations, but what did you catch from McBride who didn't really do a whole lot on day one, but looked pretty good on day two? Yeah, I, I mean, I, f- I feel like... Some people are, you know, there's going to be some people that are just kind of like, you know, he's not the most flexible guy of all time and and all that type of stuff. And he's, I mean, if you watched his film, you would just kind of know that he's not that guy, right? Like he's going to win in and out of breaks with physicality. He's a guy that is going to be physical on his stem and he's a guy that wins in the air and he's a really dominant blocker and he just brings that big catch radius at the catch point. Like that's the type of guy he is. I know you mentioned before we went off that uh, went on air that you, that you said that somebody you had heard a Heath Miller comp, which I think is a good yes. comparison. Um, I also think Brent Selleck, which is the one I keep coming back to. They're kind of similarly styled a player. Like he's not going to be, this crazy separator who's dynamic, but I think he's a guy that could be a high volume dude in the passing game. And he's a plus blocker. And and throughout the second day, especially you saw it a little bit first day as well, but like the second day, a lot of contested catches. He, I mean, he's almost a, a 90, 10 guy in contested catches, like strong hands, big hands over 10 inch hands, physicality, great concentration through the catch point. I think Trey McBride has done nothing to hurt himself this week. I think he's kind of just staying linearly as the potential first tight end in this class. Folks, that's it from us talking day two impressions at the Senior Bowl. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our other thoughts on our YouTube channel and on our podcast feed. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.